Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Astrology Now podcast. My name is Christine Rodriguez, and in this segment, we are going to be discussing the upcoming full moon in the sidereal sign of Capricorn and what it may represent, how we can best utilize that energy. And so just a reminder, I do study the Vedic sidereal astrology system, and I'm also in Austin, Texas, so I use the central standard time when talking about the new and full moons. So the format of today, I'm going to be discussing some recent events and how they can be tied to astrology. I'm going to be discussing some interesting brief research with Rahu and K2 and where they're placed now and some recent events that we've been seeing. And then I'm going to talk about the current planetary placements planetary weather, and then we'll get into the full moon. So we're doing things a little bit opposite today. So if you listened to my previous segment, I made a segment on women's related issues, women triumphs, women challenges, and what was going on astrologically for them. And while I was doing that research, I also started investigating mysterious incidences and things that have never been figured out because this is something that just really captures my attention and I think is super interesting. And so while I was doing that research, I was noticing that first of all, currently in the night sky, K2 is in the sign of Scorpio and Rahu is in the sign of Taurus. Okay, and so when I was going back and looking at other events, on December 5th, 1945, Flight 19 disappeared over the Bermuda Triangle, and no one ever figured out what happened to this flight. Rahu was in Taurus, KT was in Scorpio. On July 10th, 1975, Jimmy Hoffa, this was a man who was wanted for bribery, conspiracy, mail fraud, wire fraud. He went missing and no one ever figured out what happened to him. He was like one of the most wanted people. Okay, he like committed all these crimes. Everyone wanted to bring justice to the situation. He escaped. No one literally ever found out where this guy went. Rahu was in Scorpio. K2 was in Taurus. On January 16th, 1947, this was the Black Dahlia event that we did cover in the previous podcast. Elizabeth Short was murdered and her killer was never found. K2 was in Scorpio. Rahu was in Taurus. On July 2nd, 1937, this was when Amelia Earhart disappeared. She was trying to fly around the world. Her and her plane disappeared, and the remains were never found. No one ever figured out what happened to her or the plane. Rahu was in Scorpio. K2 was in Taurus. When Elizabeth Smart went missing, she's a woman who went missing more recently in 2002, and then, of course, she was found, thank goodness. And when she was missing and when she was found happened when K2 was in Scorpio and Rahu was in Taurus. And now here we are. K2 is in Scorpio, Rahu is in Taurus, and the president of Haiti was murdered, and no one knows who did it, and this is an ongoing mystery. So it really does um, make me curious on what the outcome of the situation is going to be. So I want you guys to kind of have your ears perked up for these different mysteries. Someone on Instagram reached out to me letting me know a runner recently went missing as well, and no one figured out what happened to them. So it's an interesting time. Definitely have your eyes on this. The other thing that I wanted to bring up is that as we were discussing, as Jupiter is retrograding, we can expect to see turning back and looking at how we're handling medical care, how we're handling medical conditions. We're going to review how we're approaching COVID. 
And since Jupiter has gone retrograde in the sign of Aquarius, we have seen the Delta variant become much more prominent in the news. This is something that is highly concerning. People are wondering, you know, if the vaccine is going to protect against these different strands, what are we going to do about boosters? And then in addition to that, there are these other health issues. Like um, I was reading an article about young boys having um, inflammation of the heart after the vaccination and all of these sorts of things. So these health issues are coming up to the surface for us to review and see how we're handling these medical situations and are we handling them to the best of our ability? What do we need to change in order to make things more safe and, and really heal people? The other thing I wanted to note is that we were talking about floods and natural disasters. There are these crazy floods happening in Europe, um, floods around the world happening. And again, this is primarily due to the position of Mars and also the position of Neptune and Jupiter. The final thing I want to note is that a while back in a Jupiter and Saturn conjunction video, the World Wildlife Foundation was formed when Jupiter and Saturn were conjoined. Jupiter is going to retrograde back into the sign of Capricorn. And I've seen new propositions coming about from primarily other countries outside of the U.S. wanting to kind of amplify our efforts to protect the climate. And so I am wondering and I am hoping that we'll see something when Jupiter and Saturn are conjoined again in relationship to the environment and protecting the climate. So let's go ahead and get into some dates and some transits for you guys so that we can just get an idea of what is happening in the night sky. So from July 16th to August 17th, the sun is going to be in the sign of cancer. And, you know, first of all, if this is your birthday month, happy birthday for all of you sun and cancers. And also, once the sun is in cancer for this year, it's also going to be aspected by Pluto. It's also going to be aspected by Saturn. And the sun is our authority. It's the government. It's it's really how we feel about taking control and taking charge. And so with this aspect of Pluto, which is very controlling and very power hungry, and then with Saturn, which is very restrictive and um, it can bring some obstacles, I do think that we will continue to see issues with people and the government. We've seen this uprising with Cuba. And I think that it's something that we will continue to see for Cuba and possibly even in other countries. And on a personal level, I think that this is a time to be more careful with authority figures, with leaders, with the government. There may even be some issues with the father, depending on where this transit is happening in your chart. Please keep in mind on my Patreon account, I do weekly horoscopes for each of the 12 zodiac signs. And I talk about how all of this influences the individual signs as well. But again, depending on how this transit is influencing you, it could really amplify those issues with authority or government or father. So certainly be mindful of that. And for all of us, what it can do is it can kind of um, it can make us question our inner authority. It might shake our inner authority a little bit. We may be almost too humble in some circumstances or forget our own strength or forget our own power. So at this point in time, really remember your strength, remember your power, remember to use your voice to speak up for what it is that you believe in. Between July 17th and August 11th, Venus is going to be in the sign of Leo, which is a much different vibe than we've been having with Venus in the sign of Cancer. And so after we get through this Gandanta point, 
which is really between, I mean, Venus is already in these really late degrees of Cancer, but primarily between July 14th, 15th, July 18th, 19th, this is the real Gandanta zone of Venus. And so while we're going through these points, let's just say July 14th, July 19th to be safe, relationships may be more intense, they may be more volatile, they may be more passionate. And so try not to make any big decisions on committing or breaking up. Um, just no big decisions around relationship. Try to write it out because it could be that some of your relationships are really spicy right now and really difficult. Some of you may be falling passionately head over heels for somebody, you know. Regardless, both of these are kind of extreme. So just try to hold off making any big decisions until after that Gandanta point again Again, around the 18th or the 19th. So Mars, and then let me say this really quick, when Venus is in Leo, I think that this is ultimately a much better time for relationships, a great time for beauty and luxury, and having much more auspicious moments with love, I think it's going to bring a much more balanced energy, okay, especially around July 22nd, when Jupiter is exactly opposing Venus, that's going to be a much better time for romance and relationship. So Mars is going to be in Leo beginning July 21st, and it will leave the Gandanta point around the 21st or the 22nd. And when Mars is in that Gandanta zone, this is going to amplify weather that we've been seeing, extreme weather we've been seeing, and it is going to amplify volatility and frustration because Mars represents how we handle conflict, how we handle frustration, how we handle uh, disputes. And so when it's Gandanta again between July 17th, 18th, July 21st, 22nd, we might see some more of that volatility come out in people. You may feel it within yourself. So again, try not to act impulsively. Things should start cooling down after that 22nd date. And Mars and Leo, again, I, I like Mars and Leo. I think that this is a much, much, much better position than Mars being in Cancer. Mars being in Cancer, of course, it was debilitated. So some of us may have felt a lack of will, a lack of drive, a lack of vitality, especially if you're running a Mars Mahadasha or a Mars Bukti, it's getting amplified for you. I've seen this in the world around me and clients and friends. It's just been really rough. So again, once Mars enters Leo on July 22nd, it's just in such a much better space. I think that things are going to feel so much better. So those are some dates that I do want you to be aware of. The final thing I'll say is that around July 29th, Jupiter is then going to oppose Mars. So again, Jupiter opposes Venus July 22nd. This is excellent for relationships, feeling auspicious in relationships, having your expectations fulfilled. So by July 29th, Mars and Jupiter are going to be opposing one another. And I actually love when Jupiter and Mars are conjoined or opposing. It can give us a ton of willpower and a ton of inner courage. It's as if there's a message that we need to share with the world. So it really is a time to invest into the projects and ideas and things that you truly believe in. And don't be afraid to chase after those projects or ideas that require more more courage or willpower. So moving on to the full moon and how this full moon is really going to pertain to us. So first of all, a full moon is when the moon and the sun are opposing one another. And the moon is absorbing as much light from the sun as it can. So because the moon is completely bright and completely full, the only place it has to go is down 
And so slowly over time, the light will be stripped from the moon and the moon will become dark again in its waning phase into its new moon phase. And so right now, when you hear this podcast for the next week, the moon is going to be waxing. It's going to be gaining more light and more power. And that being said, the energy typically rises. People get a little bit more unpredictable. They get a little bit more energetic. Okay. And this full moon, you know, once it reaches that highest peak, it's said to be a good time to let go and release things because as light is stripped from the moon, it's as if it's helping our intention or what it is that we're trying to let go of be supported in that release. Okay. And so again, when you hear this podcast, just know for the next week, the energy is going to be building, it's going to hit its pinnacle on July 23rd, 2021, around 9.37 p.m. Central Time. And then the light will slowly begin to dwindle. And this full moon is in the sign of Capricorn, which is a very grounded sign. It's very practical. It's also very steadfast. And the way that the planets are aligning right now, there's so much around power, around personal power, around political power, collective power, and to even up the ante on that, the nakshatra that the full moon is falling in is called Uttara Ashada. And Uttara Ashada is connected to victory. It's connected to conquering and overcoming obstacles. The symbol for Uttara Ashada is actually an elephant. And so it has this connection to Ganesh, who is the remover of obstacles right? When we're conquering something, when we're overcoming something, we've come over the obstacles, we've overcome them, they've been removed for us. So Ganesh has this connection to removing those obstacles so that we can be victorious. This is what Uttara Ashada is all about. And I think it's such an interesting time for us to be having a full moon in this nakshatra because of Mars being Gandanta and having that competitive drive and that desire to overcome. And with the sun being aspected by Saturn and having these struggles with authority and having the struggles with the government and with leadership. And so it just got me contemplating, you know, what is this going to mean for the world? And I do think that there is going to be some type of victory. I think that people are going to be really demanding to be victorious or demanding for their obstacles to be removed. You know, this nakshatra also has a connection to truth and seeking truth. So I mean, it's possible that information will come out that truth will be revealed in some way. I mean, you know, hopefully it's something to do with Haiti, that would be nice. You know, I was talking earlier about this placement of Rahu and Ketu and mysteries are just a little bit more dense, you know, mysteries are a little bit more thick right now. But perhaps with the power of this nakshatra and the full moon, something will come to light or we'll get more information. But on a personal level, when we're thinking about all these things, what it gets me thinking about is our inner security and also kind of like our inner warrior. And I think that some of us are warriors by nature. That's just our nature for whatever reason. Growing up, we had to learn to be super resilient and super headstrong and super stubborn. And we're not afraid of of getting hurt. You know, we're not afraid of opposition. We're not afraid of people disagreeing with us. And then there are others who 
are a little bit more harmonious, you know, and their role in life is to mend and to find common grounds and to find commonality. And I don't think that there's anything better or worse. You know, I don't think that there's any better or worse way to be. But what I do think is important is that wherever we land on the spectrum between being a complete warrior and never afraid of opposition, not afraid of making people mad, not afraid of conflict, and then this other spectrum of totally conflict avoidant, <laughs> totally not wanting to disagree, wanting to be harmonious with everybody, wherever we are on the spectrum in between these two things, the fact of the matter is that life has obstacles, there's going to be opposition. There are going to be people who judge us. There are going to be people who don't like us. No matter what we do, we cannot always appeal to everyone. We can't always make people happy. We can't always agree with – if you're constantly agreeing with everyone and you feel like – or there's this person around you who's just constantly agreeing with everybody, I think that there's an element where they're not being true to themselves. Because it's just a fact. We cannot agree with every single person on earth 100% of the time. I think it's possible to find even ground. I think it's possible to find connection with people for sure. And this is what I definitely promote doing is looking for those commonalities. But I think it's also really important to understand the reality that we can't expect every single person to agree with us 110% of the time. And I think that this is what makes life so nice is that there's so much variety and we get to explore ideas and we get to compare and contrast our paradigms and our perspective perspectives. Okay. But getting to what I feel we can reflect on during this full moon is which battles are worth fighting. This is one thing. I have a few things. First of all, which battles are worth fighting in our life? You know, and I think that when it comes to opposition, when it comes to being a warrior in our own life, we also have to know when to engage in conflict and when not to engage in conflict. A good warrior understands when to go forward, when to push forward, and when to retreat and to soften and to strategize, you know, in reflection rather than attacking on impulse. And so... With that being said, in our own personal lives, there are going to be obstacles where sometimes maybe it's just better to retreat. Maybe it's just better to take some time to reflect and to strategize, maybe withdraw entirely. Maybe it's not worth it. You know, what if you keep pushing forward and you keep fighting and this is detrimental to your health? You're putting yourself in danger. Maybe it's time to retreat. You know, if there's like a relationship or an interaction at work or a project you've been working on, a creative project, something where you just feel that you keep pushing forward and it's just not helpful for you. It's not working anymore. It's a really good time to let go of those things. And you know, on the contrary, you may be reflecting and there may be things in your life that are totally rewarding, totally fulfilling. And it's a fight and it's a struggle, but it's totally worth it. You feel like there's ground, you feel like there's strategy and you feel like there's awareness around the situation. You know, again, in order to be a good strategist, in order to be a good warrior in our own life, we have to have awareness. We have to understand ourselves. We have to understand our triggers, what gets us upset, what gets us riled up. We have to know what works for us, what soothes us. We have to know what our habits are, you know, what our guilty pleasures are, what our Achilles tendon is. And when we have the awareness of ourself in this way, we can appropriately engage in conflict and we can appropriately engage in these battles you know 
as we work towards victory, in order to be successful in our life, in order to be victorious in our life, we have to read the manual on ourselves. And to read the manual on ourselves, it's gaining that awareness and insight into who we are and how we are. We have to do that in order to be victorious in this life. And finally, I think it's a really amazing time to reflect on our allies. You know, when we're thinking about being victorious and we're thinking about what it means to be a warrior in our own life, you know, rather we be that vicious warrior who's fearless or that warrior who maybe, you know, the strategist or <laughs> a little bit more reflective, whoever we are on that spectrum that I mentioned earlier, we have to have allies. We have to have people in our life or things in our life that support us and uplift us and act as comrades. And the most important ally and the most important comrade we're ever going to have is ourself and understanding that if we take a risk, if we take a plunge, if we stand up for what we believe in, if we speak our truth, we have our own back. It doesn't matter if people judge us. It doesn't matter what people say. It doesn't matter how they interpret it. You know, it's at the end of the day, if we stand by what we believe in and what we believe to be true and we're speaking from our heart we have our own back and there are going to be people, there are going to be other allies and other comrades who come to our side as well. You know, that's how we find our people and our comrades is by acting in authenticity. If we are lying to ourselves, or if we're not honest with ourselves, or we're lying to the world around us for the sake of making people happy. You know, we're acting like the perfect politician and we're constantly agreeing and we're never pushing back and whatever. It's so much less likely that we're drawing in our people. Our people can't find us because we're hiding. Do you see what I mean? If we stand out in our authenticity and we're not afraid to speak up when we want to and we're not afraid to speak our truth when we want to, our people notice that and they find it and they gravitate towards us. And I think that that is really worth looking into. So again, for this full moon, I think that it's a really powerful time to look at the battles in our life and what's worth fighting for and what's not worth fighting for anymore. And letting go and releasing of the things that no longer need our attention, that no longer need our struggle so that we can direct our focus and our energy and our time and our perseverance into things that are going to offer us fruit, things that are going to offer us reciprocation. Okay. Another really powerful thing to focus on is our awareness of ourselves. Really getting to know ourselves, you know, and maybe taking personal inventory. I always love taking personal inventory, looking at our triggers, our anxieties, our strengths, our habits. What is it that we repeatedly do on a daily basis? Because what we repeatedly do on a daily basis is our entire life. You know, maybe revising that taking care of it a little bit and then of course the final thing are we acting as true allies and comrades to ourself in times of adversity are we truly standing by ourselves for what we believe in and what we find to be true in this life and the more authentic that we are the more of our people are going to be able to find us the final thing that I'll say is that a beautiful mantra to work with. This is one of my favorite, favorite mantras of all time. It's for Ganesh, the remover of obstacles. It's Om Gam Gana Pataye Namaha. 
Om Gam Gana Pataye Namaha. Om Gam Gana Pataye Namaha. There's something that's just so grounding about it and um, is very sweet. So it's a wonderful day to also pay homage to Ganesh. So I hope that this podcast was helpful. I hope that it found you well. I've been posting a lot more on my YouTube channel, Astrology Now Podcast. Astrology Now is one word. And I started a new series where I'm doing a social worker's assessment of various charts. Um, I do have a master's in social work. I worked as a social worker for about three years before doing astrology full time. And so this first one that I did is a social worker's assessment of Marilyn Monroe's chart, where we look at Marilyn Monroe's chart and talk about her emotional ups and downs, her insecurities, her anxieties, and how we can link them back to early childhood experiences using her Vedic birth chart. And again, I plan on doing this for more people in the future. I'm already planning my next two, and I'm just really excited to merge two things that I really love, assessment and Vedic astrology, to be creative and, and offer something for hopefully people to learn more from. So I do hope this was helpful. If you would like to learn more about my upcoming Inner Knowing Vedic coaching program, you can go to my website, innerknowing.yoga, click on offerings, and then Inner Knowing Vedic coaching program. If you would like to see your individual Vedic birth chart, again, go to my website, go to offerings, and then chart to calculate your chart and also have a bunch of resources to help you learn how to do Vedic astrology. Please follow me on Instagram, astrologynow underscore podcast. And if you're interested in learning how this full moon is going to affect you personally, you can become a patron of Astrology Now, patreon.com slash astrologynowpodcast, where I offer weekly horoscopes. And whenever there's a full or new moon, I talk about how it may impact you directly. So again, I will talk to you all very soon. Thank you so much for stopping by. My name is Christine Rodriguez with Astrology Now Podcast, and I will talk to you all very soon.